Welcome to the Model Car Podcast, a bi-weekly show about building scale model cars. This show is brought to you by the generous financial support of our Patreon backers. Our Patreon supporters get access to our behind-the-scenes Slack channel, patron extras, and even a chance to be on the show. If you can help support the show, please visit the supporters page on our website, modelcar.show. If you would like more talk about model cars, please join our Facebook group or our Slack workspace. Hello and welcome to the Model Car Podcast. My name is Justin Twyfe and joined as always by my friend and co-host, John Dezan. Hey, John, how are you this morning? Pretty good. Good. You didn't watch the race, did you? No, I didn't watch the race. No, I, we had a major windstorm around here last night, so I was <laughs> checking at work to see if I had any work that had to be taken care of now, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get any damage on your property? Well, it knocked over my my recycle bins, but uh, yeah. opened my shed door. and Did it make a mess? Me. Recycling everywhere? The garbage stayed inside. <laughs> there might be a critter in my shed, but mm, I wasn't asking when I slammed the door. <laughs> <laughs> If he knocks to get out, you're going to have to let him out. If somebody's missing their cat and doesn't have it come back for days. <laughs> what kind of critters do you get in your neighborhood? Uh, I've seen fox. I've seen deer, like 10 minute walk from here, headed out of town. Mm-hmm. Cats, squirrels, uh, bobcat, herd, screech owls, herd. Heard something else still to this day. I'm not quite certain what it was, so I won't say what I think. <laughs> I don't know what it was. As a werewolf. What? Or a Sasquatch, because he likes Sasquatches. Werewolf, werewolf en français, c'est loup-garou. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I think I might be, if, you know, my, well, my, I don't have a shed as such. I have a. A greenhouse, and if something was in that, you have a garage too. For I have a garage, yes, yes, and I have a a covered in workshop as well, but it doesn't have a door on it, which is good. But uh, yeah, I would be a little nervous about that. We do have the deer. Uh, The deer actually come onto my property, which is interesting. (laughs) I went out a couple of weeks ago to go into town and pick up dinner, and there were four big deer, including one. Big, big buck. So um, it's lovely to see. We do have bears. We have cougars. Uh, I, I, I think there's things that I don't really want to trap. I'm upset. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we're sitting here. My heart's going. What a race. And you didn't watch it. Like I said, <laughs> I I didn't really think about the storm. Then the city came by and it's like, oh crap, that's right. There's a whole mess of wind. And <laughs> So I just finished watching Formula One, the last race of the season at Abu Dhabi. And I'm not going to give any spoilers away apart from to say that the. Somebody, somebody won the race. Somebody won the championship and it came down to the very last lap of the race. Wow. That doesn't happen often in today's F1 or even NASCAR anymore. No. Uh, so, I, again, no spoilers, but Verstappen and Hamilton came to this race tied on points for the lead of the championship. So, wow, what a race. If you get chance, go watch it. It's one that is worth watching. And I'm not going to tell you who won it because uh, it was just such a fantastic and interesting race and strategy and politics and all the stuff that makes formula one fantastic mm-hmm. pit stops fuel stops <laughs> uh my wife who is not a huge formula one fan have you ever watched you've got netflix right john no i don't you don't have netflix no oh. I don't. okay uh welcome to 1999 <laughs> you can get discs in the mail Netflix has a series on called The Drive to Survive, which they've been doing for three years now. They'll probably do one for this year. And it's the behind the scenes Formula One. And my wife and I have been sort of watching that. I've been watching Formula One this year and occasionally she'll get up and watch a little bit with me. And she's kind of watched the Drive to Survive, which introduces you to the people behind Formula One, the racers, the teams, the team principals. And it's got her really excited in it. She got up at five o'clock in the morning to watch the race live with me. 
which tells you how good that must ha- that show actually is for getting people interested in it. Mm. So if you haven't seen that, I do recommend it. And you know, if you can see the race, uh, go watch the race. It's just a fantastic close to a season. I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussion about who who won and why and how and all the rest of that. But wow, what a great race! Anyway, I'm all excited. I've been up for a couple of hours drinking coffee and sitting on the edge of the seat. <laughs> There's your problem, drinking all that coffee. <laughs> uh, no, that's just my standard cup of coffee or pot of coffee in the morning. And that's, yeah, the pot of coffee. <laughs> pot of coffee. I, I drink coffee by the liter, John. It's all good. Hey, okay. All right. Uh, what you been working on? Well, I haven't. John. I didn't. We do a podcast called Model Car Podcast. Our podcast, yes, I know. But in the past two weeks, I've may, maybe worked five, ten minutes somewhere in there in that time period. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I worked on if I did work on because this is my Christmas season, my Christmas present that I decided I was going to start doing last year. My Christmas present to myself is to make all manner of Christmas cookies and give them away to friends. And yeah, so even the occasional family member gets in on the act, so. lovely lovely apart from we have to rename this the christmas cookie podcast yeah well hey that's okay for one episode for one episode a year you can do that right sure we can though i think we do have one more episode before christmas so well yeah but this is we're not going to talk about them next time well we we might do if some of those come my way well yeah they are so i last (laughs) last was it wednesday Wednesday, I mailed out six boxes of cookies. Yay. You don't want to know what my bill cost me, but that's not the point. The point is, I'm happy. I made a lot of cookies for a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. Christmas cookies. My wife can make some of those. She just got a whole new appliance set on Friday. Yay. Superb. Yay. (laughs) Ah, There's my Christmas budget gone. Uh, Oh, well. Oh, you'll find something. Yeah. You'll find some way to work work around it. Guess what, John? Uh, My spray booth came in. Yeah, I sort of recall that. <laughs> but it's not set up yet, is it? Well, it it is set up. It's not a it's not exhausting out yet. I bought all the stuff uh, I went out yesterday. Then it's not set up. And bought all the stuff for that. So I'm excited. Very, very excited. Soon. Soon, very soon. Oh good. I decided to hard, hard wire it in. So I've got, instead of a flexible hose, I'm going with the aluminum pipes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to wire everything in. Uh, I bought all the parts for it, the the elbow to get out. Uh, I've got some wood that I can use for the window. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just need to find some tools. I've got to hook up (laughs) the rest of my woodworking tools i don't know where my drill is so i've i've got to find that because otherwise it's really hard to drill a four inch hole for your pipe to go through in Mm -hmm. wood if you don't know where it is so oh you could use a jigsaw but i'd imagine you can't find that either Uh, i found the jigsaw and that's actually what i was using yesterday to destroy cabinetry uh to make the dishwasher the brand new dishwasher that my wife got fit into a spot that it did not want to fit into ah okay Oh my God, that was a nightmare, John. <laughs> Absolute nightmare. I have to uh, look at that again. Uh, we tried it last night and it leaked a little bit. So, Oh, not good, not good. Nope. Yeah, I'm not sure where the leak's coming from because I test all the water on it. Uh, the only thing I can think of, I was having a lot of problems with the discharge on it. And I think maybe there's a hole in the pipe or something. It's uh, oh. a brand new one that came with it. So I've, I've got to pull it all out and... Try to fix it today. Welcome to life making the wife happy. Ah, well. The domestic happiness podcast, perhaps. Mm, uh, yeah, <laughs> the Justin is broke happiness uh, thing. Anyway, what, what's what's new in the world of model cars? Let's get back onto topic. Not a lot has been really announced, released, whatever, in the past two weeks, but there has been a little something. Out now is the Revell... 1951 Henry J. Gasser drag car. I have this kit. It's lovely. I like this one. I wouldn't have thought you'd have that. You know, I went to, in Vancouver, there's a little racetrack. um, About an hour out of Vancouver. 
And mm. I used to go there for, they have a weekend called the Nostalgic Drags. And that is pretty much as you expect, all the nostalgic drag racers there. And I went there, well, I don't even know how many years ago now. And they had this absolutely gorgeous Henry J in this metallic blue as a gasser. And I fell mm -hmm. in love with it and went out and bought the kit because of it. <laughs> there you go. That works, eh? So, yep. Um, I have this kit. It's, it's something that I actually want to build because... I have the pictures on my on my uh, computer somewhere of this one-to-one -one version that is absolutely gorgeous. Cool. So there you go. That's how I can find things. <laughs> yeah, it just got me. Fanair, that's what I was looking for. Could not remember the name of it. About an hour from me, about an hour from Montreal. Well, a bit closer is Sanair hmm. for a racetrack. Have you ever been? Never been to Sanair. I've been through the town that it's in, but uh, never been to Sanair. And of course, if you've ever seen Days of Thunder, you've seen the San Air sign. <laughs> um, Days of Thunder, that was Tom Cruise from 30 years ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I know. Ooh, okay. I can't remember that far back. I know. It, it, just, it just struck me. I mean, you know, here, watching the credits, I'm pretty sure it was the opening credits. <laughs> and there's San Air. It's like, oh, crap, I've heard about that all my life. <laughs> mm. And you've never been, though, John. No, I've never been. No. An hour away. It's kind of like Montreal Grand Prix. You've just got to go there. Yeah, Montreal will be. It's an hour to the bridge, the Champlain Bridge. Yes, but an, an hour for Formula One, it's so worth it. Okay. It really is. Hmm. You know, I, I would have loved to have gone to Abu Dhabi to see this race, but, uh, you know. <laughs> You're broke. <laughs> uh, there is no way I'm getting on a plane anyway at this, no. this time, but. No, and you're broke, like I said, so. Yeah, that's true. All right, what else is next, John? From MPC, the Bruce Larson 1974 USA 1 Pro Stock Chevy Vega drag car. Hmm. Uh, what do you know about this one? Uh, not one of the easiest kits to assemble. USA 1. Nice yeah. uh, markings. Nice markings, yes. Hmm. I don't know anything about it. MPC, mm. old tooling. I know they fixed parts of it, but... Still not really in my wheelhouse anyway, so we'll just keep moving on, right? Sure, we can move on. The BMW M6 GT3 Walkenhorst Motorsport Team, sponsored by PlayStation, the Adenauer ADAC Randstrucken Trophy car. Can you say that again? <laughs> you really want those cookies? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Do you want cookies for next year? <laughs> That's about it. Uh, this looks like it's a new livery of the M6 kit that they've been doing for a while. Yeah. It looks quite nice, actually. If you're a PlayStation person, I, I could see somebody buying this kit for delivery on it. It looks really yeah, nice. Yeah, that's, that's tempting me. Let's put it that way. I have, I've had a, well, I've had every PlayStation up to PS4. I'm not going to the PS5 because I don't play enough anymore. And it's just, I played Gran Turismo for years, as long as there's been a Gran Turismo. And well... You know, <laughs> PlayStation race car model. Hmm. Mm -hmm. This would cost you a PS5 as well. Because once you started down there, you'd know you'd have to upgrade and start playing this car. No. On the, on the track. No. No, I don't have to. I don't. No. <laughs> the, uh, the eyesight and reflexes aren't there anymore. <laughs> Getting old, are we? Yeah. Exactly. That sucks. Yeah. And there's a detail upset for the... The Walken Horse Motorsport Team PlayStation car. Mm, so the car we were just talking about? Well, the car we were just talking about, there's already a detail upset. Which is photo etched in some belts by the looks of it. Yeah. But it does look nice. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just trying to figure out what all those pieces are. Weird. <laughs> uh, you see those little triangular pieces on the photo etch? I have no idea what those are. Could be stiffeners for, for weld bracing in the cages. Unless you mean the bottom left one? Uh, there's a bottom left and a bottom right. Yeah, that no, that's that's uh, there's a similar plastic piece in the in Ravel's Ford GT. That's the safety net. Oh, is that safety net? All right, yeah. interesting. Very cool. So there you go. You could spend even more of John's money. Hmm. What's that? What's that? Oh no, no, we're not buying the detail set. <laughs> Definitely not at that price. Holy shoot! All right. Okay, so we were talking about the Meng's BMW R9T. 
uh, on the last episode, were we not? We were, yes. Well, there's detail up parts for it. And now Meng has a one-ninth scale rider for the BMW R9T. All right. So, John, mm-hmm. can you describe the rider? <laughs> I'd rather if you did. <laughs> I, I guess I should tell you that in the description, it said the Meng 1.9 Hot Rider for BMW R9T. Mm-hmm. I just eliminated the hot. Otherwise, if you looked at this, you probably would have said bye. I, I, you know, Meng has taken, they have one-upped Hasegawa. Yes, they have. <laughs> in, in a way that, um, Yes. That one should not necessarily celebrate, but <laughs> I'm sure she would look fabulous. I'm sure no kids are ever going to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is definitely targeting a certain demographic. Yes. This is a woman standing next to the bike. She's not actually a rider. She's dressed in... No, she's not riding, but she's leaning against it, isn't she? She's leaning... Yeah, in the the picture, she's leaning against the seat in this zip-up, mostly unzipped... Black Widow-esque style one piece? Yeah, with... How do I say this? Okay, I'm just going to say... Her cleavage is mostly showing. Yeah... Let's just say it's it's probably not safe for her to be riding without a bra. No, don't think so. Although I, I would guess that outfit would keep everything where it's supposed to be once it's zipped up, but. Yeah, I just, I, you know, why? Why? it? Uh, yeah. Because they can. I, I know. And if, you look at, and if you look at things for the price, it's like, wow. And there's only one unit left at spot model. So it's like. Okay, obviously it sells. Yeah. It's selling. 60, 65, 66 euros. Yeah. So about a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, I, I, in some ways I have less complaints about this in Hasegawa because this is a separate piece. Hasegawa is marketing this on the front of their cars. This one at least is a separate piece for somebody that wants to build this, you know, and perhaps tongue in cheek, it's, it's fine. But, uh, yeah, it just, uh, you know, it's never a good look for progressiveness of model car builders that we have to do this. You know, I, I have less of a problem really because this is, um, a separate piece, you know, and it doesn't have to be on display in front of the kids that are building. And that, that's the way I like this stuff. You know, I, I, despite what I sound like, I have no problem with adult themed models. I just think there's a time and a place for them. And keeping them out of the eyesight of kids that come into our hobby is my primary objection to a lot of this stuff. The fact that this is not shown on the box for the bike itself and is separate is, makes it much less of a problem for me. But it's still, you know, it's it's a little misogynist. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm I would think that you know. Perhaps we could get past that in this day and age with our thoughts having evolved into understanding what these, these symbols look like. But, um, you know, having said that it is out there, I, I, I don't have that much of a problem with this one. I'll say this much, her hair is beautifully molded. I mean, really, if you look at, if you look at the pieces, the detailed shots, her, you know, you can really knock yourself out detailing her hair. One ninth is also a good scale for that too. It's uh, large enough that you can do some some nice stuff on there if you so desired. Mm-hmm. Do you do any figure modeling, John? No. Well, you see in the Can-Am garage, haven't you? Oh yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> did you paint? Uh, did you paint Jackson, or did he come pre-painted? No, he's he's an Italian from it- Italy. So yeah, I painted him. I built him. I painted him. <laughs> My statues are. Pre-painted cast resin. Yeah. Oh, now, wait a minute. I have a Horizon, I believe, one ninth scale, uh, The Punisher Mm. from Marvel Comics. Well, I have comic kits, but they're, uh, you know, they're focused on an adult collectible market. Let's put it that way. So I'm, again, I'm not against the figures, but I'm, I, I don't want them marketed to kids. Agreed. All right. What's, what's next? Yes. Moving on. The Revell Porsche 911G. 
Oh, gee. Ravel, I should say Ravel. Ravel, Germany. Sorry about that. Ooh. Uh, this has got a picture of the car. Does it? It's an old one. Yeah, but it's... it's, it's Doesn't actually have a picture of the kit. You're right. And it's... Uh, but it is actually a new tool. Is it a new tool? Yep. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Mm hmm It's it's a new tool, old school. Yeah. Because it's got sticky up headlights. It's actually an air-cooled 911, so. <laughs> cool. If you're into those, uh, I don't know too much about this. I'll have to take a look at it. Uh, not cheap, though. 31, 31 euros. Yeah. That's the problem with these things lately. Oh, that's, that's going to be uh, 50 bucks by the time it's landed here, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. If you can get it. Mm, the Hasegawa Datsun Fairlady 240Z, sponsored by Nissan Motors from the 1971 Safari Rally. Mm. Now that I knew you'd like. Mm -hmm. You want to know something funny, John? Oh. Why not? Go for it. <laughs> I've been admiring these kits. To me, it's got the 112th version of this. I've been looking at it for a while and thinking, you know, I really need to get one. When I was unpacking all of my kits uh, a month ago, I actually found I'd already bought one of these. <laughs> and I didn't know I had it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can't remember which livery it is, but uh, the red with the black um, the black hood. Yep. Uh, yeah, so from around this time, I actually have one of these. So kind of excited at some point when I get everything hooked up to start building it. Superb, superb. Lovely looking kit, though. Finally, for new kits this time around, this one... For some, it might be a nice Christmas present. Not so much for me, but Larry has her 112 scale Lancia Delta HF Integrale 16-valve Martini International Racing Team from the 1990 Monte Carlo Rally. And the most important this is 112 scale. Yes, that's why it's getting mentioned. I know we talked about it before, but it was worth mentioning this time too, simply because you can go get it now. Mm-hmm. The question is whether if you want to spend that sort of coin on it, but, uh, yeah, all the panels are, I mean, I believe I read somewhere, all the panels, not only are they separate, but they're hinged. You can open the doors, you can open the hood, you can open the trunk. Well, the hatchback, excuse me. Yep. I can see pictures there. If you go to our link, it takes you to spot model. You can, even the vents on top of the roof are hinged. Mm. Wow. Wow. The inside looks really nice. There's a lot of photo etch you can see. There's seatbelt belting. It's a full detail engine, so you wow. can see the engine. And photo etch on what, the airbox and the engine? Uh, wow. Yep, there's all wow. kinds and wow. neat wow. choices. There's wiring in there from looks like it, spark plug wiring. Looks like a pretty comprehensive kit. Looks like there's um, steel or metal windshield wipers. A very nice kit. And that is in the martini colors, you know, the white with it's the, the, it's the right color the martini. It's, yeah. it's perfect. Oh, it comes with decals for carbon fiber. It comes with the vents are all molded open too on like on the hood and the lower front, uh, front end, the grills are all molded open and look at that. Well, it comes with a sheet of photo etch for you to fill in all mm -hmm. that stuff. Of course it does, but <laughs> not bad. actually for 300 bucks, uh. which is, I think what this would run. It's not bad at all. No, no, not bad at all. It's quite, it's just, you know, do you want to spend $300 on one kit? I mean, I can see some people gladly spending that, spending a year working on this, adding little bits of detail here, there, and everywhere and making sure it's spotless. It's impressive. Mm -hmm. It even comes with springs for the suspension, John. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's the, that would be the seat belts too. Uh, well, it's not seat belts, harnesses, racing harnesses. <laughs> mm -hmm. Stay where you, stay where you're supposed to be. <laughs> Very cool. I I like that. I love that, in fact. Hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> there goes spending somebody else's money again. <laughs> nah, I can't afford it. I just bought a new kitchen, John. My life. Well, yeah. What you going to do? Hmm. That it? That it? It's a quiet week for releases. That's it. Ayashima or Hasegawa have not been up to their usual stuff. Oh, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> you watch. We'll get into January and we'll get carpet bombed. Yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, New Year. They're probably rethinking their uh, stuff over Christmas. Or deciding which ones they're going to come out with. Like I said, I'm still waiting for one from Hiroshima to be re-released so I can get one and we'll go from there. <clears throat> which one's that? They have a 112th scale Kawasaki 
California Highway Patrol motorcycle. Actually, they have two different ones. There's one I want, one I don't want. Mm. I think it's one. Got to get the Harley ones, though. The Harley ones are better. Yeah, but at the time, for to go along with my modeling from TV shows of my youth, back then in the late 70s, early 80s, the CHP was using Kawasaki's. Ah, okay. So I have to get a Kawasaki. All right. <laughs> well, if I get a Harley one later, maybe, but I got to have a Kawasaki. Hmm. I think I have a Harley one somewhere. I'm sure uh, you do. <laughs> uh, you know, you, so many kits, so little time, John. I, I was looking the other day for, you have it, the B-Max new, new Audi short wheelbase. Yes, yes, yes. Boy, did that sell out quick. Mm-hmm. It, it is like <laughs> next to impossible to find anywhere apart from like an eBay. I'll let you have mine for the right amount. <laughs> no comment. No comment, John. Uh, okay. It depends. What's, what's your customer service like, John? Probably better than what, what you're going to talk about next. So topic for today, and, and I'm, I kind of want to bring this out here because I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I just have some really, really, really bad luck. But I was wondering, does customer service in our hobby suck? John, any thoughts on this? Yay, nay, maybe. Maybe I've had one bad experience and hmm. well, however long I've been in the hobby. On online hobby stuff seems to have some issues and you know, my, my frame of reference is comparing it to other hobbies that I'm involved in as well. And, uh, I j I'll just recap some of the problems I've had. Cause I'm, I'm really trying to figure out, is it something to do with our hobby? Is it something to do uh, with, with the business itself, is it something to do with, I just get really unlucky. A new listener was listening to our shows going backwards. So starting from our newest stuff and catching up on our back, yeah, working back backwards. issues. Should have started at the front, but at the beginning, but <laughs> probably good that they didn't because you know, our, our sound quality and everything has got a lot better as we've got. Along. Well, this is true, but then he could have, he could have got the opposite of what he's mentioned to you. <laughs> he was going backwards and was listening to my Ravel Germany comments. If anybody doesn't remember or doesn't listen, I had some problems. I got a box of the new Land Rover that mm -hmm. Ravel Germany released and the body was warped. And so I went through all of the steps with Ravel Germany and sent in for a request and a copy of the receipt and this and that to even jump through all the hoops. And this was around the time of COVID hitting the first time. Yeah. The first, yeah, the first. And the things that were promised just didn't materialize. And I think it took over six months. I did get the body. Uh, so I'm give them props for that. I only had to go back to them several times. Uh, but apparently, uh, if you listen to those episodes in reverse order, I get more and more hope and pleasure in my voice at the beginning than I did at the end, where I was a little upset that it took so long to get there. Mm -hmm. Which, which just again, you know, it, should you have to go through that many hoops? I get COVID and all the rest of that. Uh, part of it was I knew other people in our Slack that had a similar problem because, well, Ravel packaging, right? And they got their stuff in a week while it took me six months of having to go back to them and say, hey, I still haven't got this. And it wasn't like they shipped it and it got lost. It just never came. So. Yeah, I was, I was pretty disappointed in that. Our, our friends at Mobius, John's friends at Mobius, <laughs> I, I got a part from the factory, open a new, new vehicle that I had paid almost 50 bucks Canadian for in order to replace the bent part, the damaged part, again, pictures sent it in. They were going to charge me about 30% of the cost of the kit just to replace the part that they had damaged in the packaging. Absolutely blew me away. 
that kit is, I'm not even sure where it is. Went back in the box. I was really <laughs> upset. And I haven't bought another Mobius kit since. Mm. So uh, very frustrating, you know, that uh, they chose to do that. It was so expensive to ship something that was a factory damaged. And it just said, you know, they're, they're not sticking up for the parts that they were going. Uh, a more recent experience, uh, Salvinos, the 2022 NASCAR that they had uh, announced and went to order on their website. Uh, you cannot order from Canada. You have to email them. I went through their email request list on their website and never got a response. And okay, maybe they sold out, but I would have loved to have heard, or heard a response saying. Yeah, I, I would agree on that. Sorry. We just were sold out. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that would have been fine. Uh, the fact it got ghosted, that's not good. You know, maybe it's me. Again, I'm going to take some responsibility for all this stuff. Maybe it's me. Maybe it end up getting deleted because I have a lot of my junk email just get automatically deleted. Maybe it went in there, but I don't think so. My email is pretty smart at sorting out, uh, you know, spam requests for Bitcoin and legitimate things that come into me. So <laughs> legitimate things versus illegitimate things that come into you. <laughs> oh, it, well, part of the problem is once you have websites with email addresses, John, hey, it gets pretty noisy pretty quick. <laughs> However, I do check through there and it's very, very rare that something does get flagged. It is a very slight possibility, but either way, you know, not, not really great short term. After I sent that email for the next week or so, I was going through and looking in my spam. Maybe a month later, they sent me something and it automatically got uh, deleted, but you know, there is a possibility, but it, it seems to me that it wasn't a great response. It wasn't a great response time. At least, you know, it was definitely a couple of weeks later. Mm-hmm. And now I want to talk about the challenge I have. And this is the current challenge, current challenge, hobby link. This one, I take some responsibility in this one. I want to, I'm trying to decide, you know, it, there's a Reddit thing that says, am I the a-hole? And I'm not sure I am here. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. And I wanted to talk to you and the audience and see what, what my thoughts are on here. Cause I'm, I'm still not sure how I feel about this whole thing. I think, I think we had, we'd sort of discussed it a little bit, hadn't we? Uh, not on the air, I don't believe. Not, no, not on air, but privately we discussed it a little bit mm -hmm. and I, and you know, I'll, I'll wait, I'll, I'll shut up and let, let me explain the problem because I, I, there, there is certainly an element of my problem in here. Hobby, Hobby Link Japan, I've kept away from this private warehouse junk that they have where they buy it in and eventually ship it to you. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of kits that I wanted, neither of which were in stock. They were three to five days out. So I went to put them into this private warehouse. They brought them in and then I was going to ship them because you don't just want to buy one thing from Japan. It gets so expensive in shipping. Yep. Two kits is fair. Now I had these things in there. I went to pay them. Now I pay these things by PayPal because I want to have some element of control some recourse on your money mm -hmm. generally when you're paying by paypal you get a little pop-up that you direct you to paypal and you have to confirm this right john mm -hmm. yep i always have with mine uh, apparently not if you go through hobby link japan's mm -hmm. because i guess they pre-authorize or something this paypal so mm. i came to the checkout i picked the shipping method and i went to the next step what I hadn't done was updated my address. Oh boy. Now there was no pop-up. You know how I'm waiting for sort of the confirmation page. Cause this is a page where it says, do you want to ship for airmail? Do you want to ship courier? Do you want to ship, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I picked that and went to click to the next page. Well, that was the place, my order part. Oh dear. So I screwed up and, and did that. And as soon as I did that, because there was no confirmation page, I knew exactly what I had done and back button didn't work. There's no way to modify it on the website. And so I sent them 
a message. There's no contact information. I sent them a customer service message. I got the little confirmation number. I said, Hey, do not ship this one. I just placed this order here. I've got the wrong address in there. There you go. Um, that was on a Friday. They shipped it Friday night, our time. So probably Saturday mm -hmm. to the wrong address mm -hmm. and sent me an email on Monday saying, oh, we don't check our email. It's already shipped. Tough luck. Mm. And I was a little disappointed by this because it was, it was right away. You know, I had sent in the, do you have a problem with your shipment request right away? There was no reason that anybody who is working a business should ship anything without checking your email first, right? I will. Yeah. If I was running a business, I'd be checking my email just in case something like this happened or, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason, it's still, I, yeah, no. <laughs> so, you know, I, I did screw up. Uh, so I went back to them and I said, Hey, you know, that's, that's really not cool. Cause I sent this right away. It's not my fault. You don't check your email. And the answer I got was basically, well, if it comes back, uh, then we'll let you know when you could decide what to do about shipping then. So basically they have said, no, you get nothing out of us. We're not reshipping it. We're not taking any responsibilities or fault. And then I went back and I said, you know, uh, what other choices do I have? Cause right now the only choice I have is there's no way I'm going to get this. Canada post does not forward packages, even though I do have uh, mail forwarding. They don't forward packages and it's to Japan. Who knows where this is going to go, if it's going to get delivered, whatever. They basically told me there is no option. Tough luck. If it shows up, uh, great. If not, tough luck. And I said, look, I don't want to have to go back and do a charge back through PayPal because this is going to be a problem. Do you have any options? I was looking for give me a discounted price on, uh, on a replacement. And if it shows up, we'll deal with that. You know, it's not like I'm asking for absolutely nothing. Certainly acknowledge my part in this. Mm -hmm. uh, their response was, well, if you report to PayPal, you'll get, your account will get blocked. Yeah. There's something wrong with that. That's just all, all manner of wrong. Well, that's what I say. I, you know, I did screw this up, but they have no way of contacting them to stop anything. There's no way of. Once you hit that little button, it's there. There's no way that there's a confirmation, which is a PayPal issue to me. Hey, PayPal, you guys need to stand up for this because you're letting somebody just charge me without a confirmation sheet, a confirmation that yes, I agree from PayPal and I put in my password. So I'm a little debated on, you know, how much of this is my fault because it certainly was, I created the problem, but really if I catch it right away. You know, I sent them an email probably three or four minutes later, because the first thing I did was went through my order confirmation to look to see if I could fix it myself. Oh, you know, here we go. I won't need to change this. Uh, am I the a-hole here, John? Am I expecting too much? I don't think so. No, not, at least not in my book. I'd be hopping, hopping mad if they were, if somebody was treating me like that. It's like, wait a minute, mm -hmm. you were, you were going to block me because I want my money as opposed to maybe getting the parcel. Well, you know, I wouldn't have a problem if they came back and said, you know what, we, we get it. We have some culpability here. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're like, uh, we're above all that stuff. And yeah, if you want to, if you want it, you have to rebuy it. Or maybe if it comes back to us, we'll talk to you. Yeah. No. Uh, which, you know, with that customer service, do you believe that's actually going to happen? No. They're going to put it in inventory and sell it again. I don't know. And, and if I were you at this point, I'd say, you know, forget it. I'm going to not buy from you again either. Yeah, certainly it uh, has soured my relationship with them because, you know, do you want to deal with a company that just basically says if it's lost, tough luck, your problem, yeah. not ours. <laughs> yeah, that that's it. No. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, torn as to what to do. Do I do a chargeback on this? Do I, do I not? Am I, the, you know, I, again, I take full responsibility that I hit the button and I screwed that part up, but, uh, you know, PayPal has my right address. So when things go out to PayPal that my address is right in there, like Apple pay, you know, mm -hmm. the legacy address thing. Hey, yeah. You know, again, that's crappy website design perhaps on their part, but I, I don't know. I'm torn on this one. I'm still debating whether I report it to PayPal and try to claim, you know, it's, it's 
two Japanese kits that were not inexpensive. Um, there was a Aoshima Lamborghini. There was a uh, Tamiya uh, Alpine, the racing version that's out there, plus shipping. So, you know, I'm into it for probably 140 bucks, 130, 140 bucks. Yeah. It's, it's enough for me to question it. You know, uh, can I take it as, okay, that was my error? Sure, I could do that. Mm. But I'm, I'm still curious. A regular kit, you know, 30, 40, $50. Eh, okay. $140. Wait a minute, boys. Come on. Mm. This is, there's something wrong somewhere in that. I, I guess the biggest part for me is we don't check our email. We don't check our email over the weekend. Tough luck. Yeah. Uh, that, that is absolutely, you know, beyond me that we just ship it out anyway. Yeah. That's, that's, there's something again, their customer service is lacking. It is, you know, how can you run a 24 seven business website business without having somebody at least verify, you know, Hey, did anything come in? But yeah, we get, we get weekend. I get it, but geez, don't ship man. on the weekend. Yeah. That's it. Don't ship on the weekend. You know, come in on the Monday. Yeah. Have you, you've got some, if you've got somebody there filling boxes and taping them up and, you know, doing everything like that, then they ought to be checking email too. Somebody ought to. Well, that's, that's sort of my thought, but I, again, I, I have a difference of opinion than the company on this one. Apparently. Listeners, please let me know what, what you think I should do because, you know, I, I do take the, some responsibility for this. I'm just a annoyed by the fact they don't check their email because it's not like I came after the fact and said, Oh, by the way, <laughs> you didn't wait two or three days and say, wait a minute, that's going to the wrong address. Yeah, it was, it was minutes. You, you know how you, you send an email and you realize you've missed the attachment. It was, oh, damn. You know, I hit that button too quick right yep. away. Been there, done that. So anyway, um, that's my dilemma. And I'm kind of looking at this and trying to figure out, you know, is it me? Is it customer service in general? You know, I've, I've had not the same problem, but I've had problems in other hobbies with shipping and I've never had you know, a lost shipment or a damaged shipment, I've always had the company stand up for. I'll, I'll give you an, ex an example. Like uh, I may have mentioned it. One of the other hobbies that I have is I collect fountain pens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that one. Mm -hmm. So a couple of months ago, I was at a restaurant and uh, this was on one of my business trips back to my office. And I dropped a fountain pen, hit the floor and broke. Oh, not good. I reached out to the manufacturer mm -hmm. and asked them if I could buy the broken part. Now this is, this is again, me accepting full responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the response was? I'm going to guess that they said, don't worry about it. We'll send you a replacement. No, even better than that. Hey, really? please send it back to us. We'll fix it for you. Oh, even, yeah, well, that works. Like, you know. There you go. I, I'm willing to buy the part. They just, please send it back. Oh, and don't forget to insure it so that it doesn't get lost. That was their response to something that I had dropped. I had taken, you know, I sent them an email. Same thing as, you know, uh, going online and just like I did saying, hey, please don't ship my order. Ship it over here instead. Mm -hmm. they're standing up for it. They're taking what is my problem and they're making it right. And I looked at that and I looked at the problems I've had between, you know, stationary stuff, fountain pens, and the responses I've got from the companies that I'm dealing with and the crap that I'm getting from even the manufacturers and the, you know, in, in our hobby, in the model car hobby, and I, I don't know. Is it just me? I've got really, really bad luck when it comes to this. <laughs> John, John, help me out here. What problems have you had? And, and, and more importantly, when you've had a problem, what positive responses have you had? Make me feel good about the hobby. Well, there wasn't any positive response in mine. Mm. So. What problems did you have? I had bought a kit secondhand off eBay. It was said to have everything in it. It didn't. Mm. 
I forget, you know, I still have the kit. Don't ask me what, whatever I requested, but I contacted the, the Canadian distributor and they basically snickered at me and said, yeah, that's what you get for buying secondhand off eBay. We're not even going to sell you those parts. It's like, hmm. did you have any recourse against eBay? Didn't even think of that at the time. I just figured I could get it from the Canadian distributor and, but no. I, I see that one. I kind of get a little bit more, but. And this, and this was, this was long enough ago, you know, where eBay was more or less a fair, if you get what I mean, mm-hmm. you know, now, nowadays, if somebody did that, you could go back to eBay and eBay would say, yeah, here's your money and here's a kit, you know, or whatever, here's your item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That <laughs> back then. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough point. It's yep. kind of hard though. It was probably 20 years ago. I mean. Yeah. Depending on what the kit was, maybe they didn't even have the part, right? You know. That's, don't know. That, uh, I, I can see that as less of a concern. Like, if that happened to me, I would not be particularly upset with it. I'd be, I'd be disappointed with the eBay seller, but you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's. Oh yes. I'm, I'm, yeah. don't ask me who it is, but I'm. <laughs> Nope. I think that was my last interaction with eBay for anything. And just like, forget it. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the questions I have is if I ditch HLJ, Hobby Link Japan, where do I go for Japanese kits? I guess it's eBay, but again, that's hit and miss. So. Okay. What, what about our friends at Spot Hobby? Don't they have to? They're more expensive. Of course they are, but what do you expect? You know, they're paying to get halfway around the world. <laughs> well, that's what I'm look, looking for is who do I, who do I go to? If I don't have a relationship with them, which, you know, Hmm. do I have a relationship now? How do I feel about sending more money and gambling more money? I wouldn't gamble with Hobby Link Japan anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, and again, you know, maybe, maybe I'm the a-hole here and, uh, you know, maybe it is my fault, but, uh, it certainly, if you've got a problem, a legitimate problem, that's not yours. I think you're still going to be SOL if you deal with them. Spot model, um, never had a problem with them. They've, they've done good service to me so far. Maybe, you know, that's something to consider. Who else is good? Uh, that's again, one of the questions to the (laughs) listeners who else is good, particularly for Japanese, Japanese stuff that has a fair price. I've looked at a couple of Japanese websites, uh, that 1999co.jp. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, that looks like it was built in, uh, you know, I was building websites like that 20 years ago. I, it certainly hasn't been updated. And, you know, uh, as much as you complain about, um, you know, Hobby Link Japan, they do have, they've got the product or they can get the product. Yeah. If they got the product, make the beautiful website. They've got fair prices. They've, yeah, they've got good website. They've got good search. You know, there's a lot of good about them, but if you can't get any good service out of them, what's the point? Yeah. That's, there's something wrong with that. You know, is it all, is it all lipstick on the pig, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so you've not had, you've not had any problems with stuff. Have you ever had to go back for, to the manufacturer for damaged parts? Has that worked better for you than, you know, at Revell Germany, they did come through in the end. It was a lot more process than it needed to be, but I'm going to give them credit because they did come through and it didn't cost me a dime. And that is at the end of the day, what they need to do. I haven't had a lot of dealings with other parts. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Mobius years ago years and years ago the uh, big truck that they came out with what was that the pro star right the international pro star pro star was number one then it was the uh, no it was the lone star was number one the pro star was number two the lone star uh i got that and there were goobers in the front grill in the chrome Ooh, not good so i did go back to them and this was before mobius got sold to pegasus they did demand that i took pictures of it However, once I put pictures, put pictures in, they did send it to me free of charge. So I, you know, going back a little bit, that is the reasonable expectation for service that I think I have. If I get a defective product out of the box, I, I do expect a manufacturer to stand up for it or a retailer, you know, just like, Mm -hmm. Hey, send me, send me the, the pen and I'm going to fix it which is a, 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 not a cheap fix by any stretch. 
you know, that is, that's really good customer service. I just don't see a lot of that in what we do, you know, in, in our hobby. There's a lot of things that go bad and, uh, you know, again, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just have bad luck. Have you ever had to have anything replaced? Uh, yeah, but it was my fault. Ah, and it just bought, it was just popping in my head. My, my Lamborghini Mayura from what a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one of the grills that goes in the hood, I managed to, shall we say, uh, make one piece into two. Ah. <laughs> and I contacted Hasegawa about it and they were like, well, if we can, if we can get it, uh, you have to take the whole sprue and it'll be X amount of dollars and this, that. And do you want to, do you want to go from there? And it's like, no, oh, I, I can try making two pieces into one. I said to myself, and that was the end of that. You know, and I don't have a problem with that. You know, if, uh, no hobby link Japan has said, you know what? Uh, we can't do anything about this one. It's gone. We'll give you a break on a reorder. I would have taken that because again, I, I know it was my fault. Yeah. You made, you made the mistake just like I did. I made the mistake on the yep. Lamborghini and Hey, yeah, I I've got no problem, you know, but to buy another full price kit for something that, well, isn't my problem uh, or is, you know, is caused by their inability to check email. The way I see it, you had one third of the problem. The other two thirds of the problem is them. Oh, well, that's, yeah, it's a tough one to look because at. Because they didn't check emails and shipped automatically and, oh, well, we don't, you know, we're not going to do that. Well, at least two thirds of the problem is them. And they have no way in their system to change it. Yeah. There's no way you can put a, you know, an auto stop on an order, even by sending, by something on their website or by sending them an email, there's something wrong there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let us know, uh, please let us know in Slack. If you're on there, I'm sure our patrons will let me know that I am the a-hole here. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's fine because it, it is a legitimate problem. And you know, I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm torn because I know I had, I was part of this mistake. Do I go back to them and, and put a claim in with PayPal? Um, not sure. I would, I would. Yeah. I can, I, you know, I, I know I had some, some input in the problem, but I still think they handled it poorly. You made the problem. They compounded the problem. And then they refused to take any sort of responsibility for it. Yeah, they're I not. Pardon me. In, t in today's world, you take ownership of mistakes you make. You've taken ownership them. Nope. Mm -hmm. Yep. And anyway, that's where I am. All right. I, I'm kind of curious, you know, again, maybe it's just my bad luck. Please let us know what you guys are getting out of service for your, your products that you buy. A lot of guys, particularly mail order, uh, something that I'm going to have to do a lot more of up here because I don't have the stores that I had <laughs> in my old location. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. Yeah. And you know what? I'm looking at these problems and going, hmm, that's never good. So let me know what your, your feelings are. Of course, you know, what you could do is you could just stop buying new kits and build what you have. I got to hook up my spray booth, John. Yeah, I uh, no, ser I mean, seriously, it does put me off buying new kits. It really, really does. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it just kind of says, you know, if I can't see it and I can't touch it and I can't buy it, forget it. But then again, I mean, even that doesn't mean anything because, well, uh, both the Mobius and Ravel kits I bought in person and the boxes looked fine. There was no damaged box. I get them open, uh, open at home and here you go. There is warped parts in there from the factory. Mm. Mm. It's a, it's a tough call. Quality control. So their, their quality control was down and you had to pay the price. Hmm. Well, I'm Rafael Germany. They, yeah, they, I know I, they came again. through in the end, but you still had to fight for it. And yeah, I, and I think there were probably what, six, seven, eight episodes of me complaining about that before it got resolved. It lasted a long time. <laughs> yeah, it, it was bad. Uh, and Mobius, well, I'll tell you what Mobius has done. For a damaged part, which was uh, part of a build that we were doing as a group, I have not built, I have not bought any Mobius kits since then. And there's been stuff that I like and that I'd love to build. Uh, but I look at them and say, you know, it's just not worth the risk. If I get something that's unbuildable, I'm taking what is already a more expensive. A $50 kit, shall we say? Yeah, it's, it's more expensive than the average Ravel or AMT kit. 
and I could potentially have problems with it. And if I have problems with it, it's going to cost me another 15 to 20 bucks for fixing something that is a quality control problem. Hmm. I, I'm not sure I'm quite up there with that. You know, I, I'd rather spend that on to a Tamiya kit because I know if I buy a Tamiya kit that I can get replacement parts. Mm. And I've done that before at Borgfeld uh, back in the day. I screwed up something and reached out to Borgfeld and I bought the sprue off them. Easy done. Well, you see, in my in my case of the kit that had the missing da- or and or damaged parts, that's who I was talking with and no, we're not even going to sell you the sprue for that. Yeah, and, and that could be that they just didn't have it. Could be, but don't know. Mm. I had no problem with that. They gave me a price for the sprue. I paid it. There you go. Move on. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't have a problem putting money in when it's my fault. And, you know, I, I, I know there's some abuse. Um, how many kits have you seen at a swap meet where the good tires have been pulled out? You know, oh, yeah, it's a full kit. And you get it home and, mm-hmm. no. you know, oh, somebody's pulled out the this and that. And mm-hmm. I, I get that there's some abuse. A friend of mine that I do another podcast with uh, runs a stationary notebook business. And it, we've talked a little bit. We talk business and productivity and stationary on, on that podcast. And he has talked about his approach to customer service. If somebody complains they didn't get it, his, his way of looking at it is they didn't get it. I'm going to replace it. He says, you know what? It might've cost him a little bit in the long run, but what he's done is he's built a business based on repeat customers. Yep. The hobby, maybe, maybe hobby link Japan is so busy that they just don't give a rats, but, but, uh, you know, Hey, um, repeat business, right? Well, you'd think, I mean, if I'm the one running the hobby shop, I'd want you, I'd want you to keep coming back. You know, I I'm willing to eat the price of the replacement for, to keep you happy, to keep you coming back because you're going to buy more if you keep coming back. I'd be okay if they just ate the profit on the replacement. Hey, we'll give you this at cost. Yeah, that works too. Yeah. What was 140 bucks? We'll do it for 80 bucks. You know what? Yeah. I would have jumped at that and I would have not thought anything bad about that. Paid for extra shipping. I've got no problem with that. But if you want it, tough luck. You know, my only choice would be to reorder those kits. Well, you know, I'm just, I've been burned once. I'm, I'm not going to go back and do that uh, again and get burned again. So it's a challenging time. Anyway, I think I've ranted enough about this. Uh, any thoughts about customer service that you want to share, John? Nope. In general, I've had pretty good. Other stuff, <laughs> other parts of my life, eh, not so much, but. <laughs> I know that you bought some resin stuff uh, the other day or last year that was not particularly good. Did you ever go back to the, the manufacturer with that? What resin stuff was that? Parts for a Mustang, I believe. Oh, God, no. The guy, the guy had posted on Facebook anyway, somewhere after I got my parts and he couldn't understand what everybody was complaining about. He'd done this, that, and the other thing and done it all right. And this and that. It's like, yeah, okay. Forget it. Mm. So you just want, I'll just eat that one. All right. Just eat that one. That's it. That's just not worth the fight. Mm. And that's kind of what I'm trying to decide to do here, whether I eat this one and just move on or whether I complain about it. Well, I complained about it already. Whether I complain to people that can actually make any money out of this. Yeah, yeah. Get your money back. I'd complain to PayPal. Mm. I'm tempted, really am. Uh, and particularly sending all the emails that I've got from them because I think that really um, shows the case in a slightly different light. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would I would definitely do that to them. Mm. Yep. How's your 240 Robert II going? You haven't been building anything, so. Nope. It's, it's going to get moving. It is uh, used as a cookie cutter, is it? <laughs> no, but <laughs> it's time to get back on 240 Robert. Let's go that way. Mm-hmm. That is coming up uh, January 29th, 2022, yeah. which is really only a month and a half away. Yeah. Only a month and a half away till that deadline's up, John. I still haven't mm-hmm. even picked a kit because, well, still can't build yet. Sad. <sighs> I, I mean, I'm sitting here shaking my head, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, next monthly build day is January the 8th, 2022. 
Ken, this 2022 stuff. Christmas is coming. Makes me feel old. Mm. Or older. Or... Yesterday was the monthly build day. Monthly build day. And I, I love to see there was a bunch of people up building some of them into the middle of the night, like three o'clock in the morning, we were getting posts on our Slack, <laughs> uh, sharing what they were working on. People from sort of all over the world. Hey, Kale. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love to see it. Thank you so much for participating and showing what you're working on. And I, I love to see it. I'm, I'm so excited to get back into that again. I was, uh, I, I went out, bought the stuff. I was hoping to get to that yesterday, but I, I didn't quite get to hooking up my, my pipes to get uh, my spray booth done. But boy, did I tell you how big that is, John? It's huge. I have one. I know how big they are. <laughs> I, I, I know. But boy, I, I didn't until I actually saw it and went, oh my God. It is, <laughs> it is big. What have I done? Pretty much. <laughs> oh, I could have saved myself some money and a whole lot of hassle. Anyway, so uh, next build day coming up January the 8th. And then sort of the end of January is going to be the 24-hour build. I've seen some discussion about people thinking about that, getting their kits in place. So if I don't get anything done for the half ton, definitely I want to be all in place and building for the 24-hour this year. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan. You're going to build this year for the 24-hour? Mm, never know. Mm. Well, for 12-hour for you. Because you don't you like go. staying up all night. Oh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> all right. What's new on the Can-Am Garage YouTube channel, John? Oh, geez. I wasn't even thinking about that. What have we got? Pardon me while I refresh my YouTube and see what, uh, see what the latest is. <laughs> it has a great recipe for Christmas cookies, apparently. No, no, it doesn't. Okay. Yesterday's episode, I showed off the latest version of the Can-Am Garage. Oh, the big boy. Because I'd, uh, yeah, I'd, re I'd renovated it and changed the look and this, that, and the other thing. The next episode, I, well, well, it's the nasty D word. I show off a die cast. But I'd always wanted one of these cars. Never going to happen in a model form. Got lucky and got a secondhand one at a very fair price. So I got nothing to say to that, John. You said the D word on our show. Mm, die cast. Bad. Well, Oh, I thought that was a different D word you were using, but no, that. <laughs> I'll slap my hand for that one. All right. Cool. So keep watching. There's a link in the show notes to John's channel. And if you want to send any feedback to us, um, if you're on Slack or on Facebook, feel free to post a message us. If you want, you can also send us an email message, modelcarpodcast at gmail.com. Easy way to find us. You can also go to our website, modelcar.show, and click the contact button and send us a message that way. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Mm -hmm. We're we're easy to find, right, John? I'm glad you put it, we're easy to find as opposed to we're easy, but. I'm not even going to ask <laughs> if you're easy, John. Here you go. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode and every episode. We have a brand new factory stock level supporter, Robert Judson. Thank you so much, Robert. This just came in yesterday. I haven't even reached out and got a chance to get you all set up and say thank you personally. So you get the shout outs on the podcast instead. Uh, I'm going to send you the link so you can get this on Slack. Our Patreon support. Well, no, our Patreons get early access. Oh, that's true. That's right. So whether the, the show goes out to the public on a Thursday night, my time, and our Patreon people, as soon as I can get it edited, which is usually probably mm, the Monday night. Monday, sometimes Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a wife with cancer. Um, my life is. And don't forget, you've got the princess. You've got the princess. Yeah. Well, it, my life sometimes gets <laughs> a little in the way, but as soon as I get it out, the patrons get it. So. If you want to get in early, listen to us as soon as we release this, where I make everything just a little more timely, uh, please feel free to become a supporter for just even a couple of bucks a month. We appreciate each and every supporter we do have because, you know, it costs money to do this. It takes a lot of time and it really does help us continue doing what we, what we do. Our patrons also get access to a secret behind the scenes Slack channel. 
So if you get an invite to that, you can come in and you certainly have a lot more conversation that we wouldn't necessarily put out publicly between John and myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to our producer level sponsors for this episode. These guys are great and they've contributed a lot. They keep us going. All of our supporters do. But the Patreon producer level, Chris Martin, Mickey Gerace, Scale Finishes, Classic Truck, Modeler Magazine, Ryan Voyer, Elm City Hobbies, B-Town Hobbies, David Jenkins, Scale Speed Garage, and Curtis Boxel. Thank you guys. We really do appreciate this because as it keeps us going, gives us a reason to keep paying for the hosting and all those costs that nobody sees that come along with putting out a podcast every week. If you are interested in becoming a patron, please go to our website, patreon.com slash model car podcast. We also take pay PayPal. Justin takes everything right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Modelcar.show slash supporters. Um, and I also take Japanese kits as somebody who just wants to ship uh, those out to me as well. Hmm. Ah, uh, yes. I'm going to ask everybody to do me one favor. Mm -mm. Please. If you like the show, if you like what we do, you know, you have another modeler that you talk to in your life. Please do me a favor and introduce them to our show. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't, but introduce them to what a podcast is, what we do, what we talk about. And try and help grow the show because that's, you know, why we do this. We really want to reach out to as many modelers as we can. And I'd love to have somebody recommend us and, and see that perhaps they get something out of it and want to share that with some of their modeling buddies. John, that includes you. Robert, Robert is my only model, modeling buddy. So, uh, hmm. I've already done the job. All right. Up here. I don't have a lot. I got to find new hmm. modeling buddies up here. Though, uh, maybe in the summer we'll, we'll, we'll have a Western Canada in-person meet. I think that might be coming up. There you go. Uh, there was, I got a message the other day saying that that could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give OPSEC away for a friend of the show, but, uh, it could, it could happen. <laughs> I've already figured out who it is, but uh, as soon as I dig out of the snow, that is anyway, <laughs> this winter thing, oh, brutal stuff. <laughs> All right, John, anything else you wanted to talk about this episode? Uh, nope, I'm good. All right. In that case, thank you for listening. Don't forget to recommend us. And until next time, say goodbye, John. Joy Noel a tous. And happy holidays from me too. There you go.